Welcome to the Blind Apex Podcast, where amateur club racers tune in to get faster. Hello, and welcome to the Blind Apex Podcast. I'm your host, Con John Turk, and on this episode, I want to cover sponsorships. To help me cover this topic, is James Ennis from IPG Parts, a longtime supporter of my personal race program. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing today? Pleasure to be here. Yeah, great. It's great talking to you. We usually exchange emails, uh, yeah, you know, incessantly, but <laughs> it's good to good to hear your voice. Yeah, for sure. Um, this topic, I think, is going to be a little. It could it could get lengthy, but we'll we'll try to keep it concise for folks but i'm going to assume you're going to get a lot more requests for sponsorships or partnerships i don't i don't i don't even know how we want to define that yeah um as the economy starts to take a turn we've uh i don't know about you cuz I, I i know where you race and and we'll probably get into that but on our side the even the entry price is up 10 15 20% for events. Yep. So everybody's feeling it a little more. So I feel like this topic's going to be pretty, uh, pretty well listened to. Yeah, for sure. Uh, to kick this off, why don't you, uh, give us a little background on yourself and starting your company? Um, and, and how you, uh, see the space that you're in right now. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, you know, I, I, I like it like anybody. I just got interested in the industry because I was car crazy as a kid, you know, growing up, you know, I was always reading car magazines and paying attention to what's going on in the car world. And, you know, from the day I got my driver's license, I was, I was a car crazy guy. So, um, late nineties or so I'd gotten to a, a, a Honda Civic SI that it was a high school graduation parents present for my parents. And it was probably, you know, that's, that, that's what started the the whole path. So, uh, being in the Orlando area, we were close to the Bithlo Drag Race Strip, Orlando Speed World, and uh, I came up to go to, to to go to college at UCF. And having the drag strip twenty minutes from our dorms, uh, you know, just give us a good reason to go out and, and and mess around with cars a lot. So through that, I met some good people, and I you know tinkered around with Hondas and stuff. And early two thousands, I worked for a couple of other companies in the industry that are still actually in the industry. We're still pretty good friends, and you know, kind of do some business together and. About 2006, I'm like, all right, well, you know what, I can, I, I can probably do this on my own. So, I uh, set out and uh, just kind of kept it going from there. So, we kind of, kind of built a name through Sport Compact Drag Racing. and that's kind of where we, where the hook was, just because it was so easily accessible for us. So, when the NHRA Sport Compact Drag Racing Series was big, we were running up the up and down the East Coast in a class called Sport Front Wheel Drive. So, had a, had a lot of good success there and met a lot of good people there and. Um, just kind of, kind of kept it rolling and drag racing's always been part of what we do. But about 10 years ago, we started road racing and, you know, we're, we're kind of carrying more of the road racing flag now than, than drag racing. Yeah. I, the Honda scene in general is more of a drag race scene. Um, and I would assume most of your customers are probably still mostly street and drag race guys. Is that fair yeah. to say? I would say 95% of our customers are drag racing, drag racers or street performance based. Um, our okay. 
business mainly revolves around engine parts. That's what we, that's what a lot of what we do. So we're doing a lot of valve train, doing a lot of camshafts, doing a lot of pistons and rods and bearings and gaskets, uh, transmission parts. So that's kind of where we streamlined as far as the business. It's kind of what we've always been interested in is, is you know, is the stuff to make horsepower or the stuff to go racing with. So um, that's that's predominantly where our market is, is that that street performance guy that's wanting to build, you know, some sort of hot naturally aspirated motor or, you know, some sort of five or 600 horsepower, you know, turbo engine for his for his Civic. Yeah, I, I know even before we started working together on my race program, um, I you were my go to for all ARP bolts. Anything yep. I needed for ARP, I was coming to you. Um, I, yeah, we we do a lot. We do a lot with ARP. That's there. That's that's one of the one of the top lines for us. And you know, it's it's easy to sell when it's a good product to sell. So, right, right. But I think that's a good perspective for. But most of my listeners will be um, high performance driving education folks, uh, amateur road racers, you know, maybe some endurance racers, but I don't, I doubt I have anybody listening that's a drag racer. So they need to understand that the catalyst to the whole performance parts industry is likely not us. So our slice of the pie is probably pretty small is that fair to say that's fair to say and and like i said like we started road racing about 10 years ago you know we started with an ita integra uh we had a you know stl you know ep3 civic si you know we've had all sorts of stuff coming and going over the years and i've constantly given it a really good effort trying to sell more into the road race guy market into the hpde market and i've just never really made much headway to be quite frank with you um you know, it's, it's, and what's really strange is don't get me wrong. There's a massive market there of guys spending money on these parts to, to, to go to the racetrack and, and, and enjoy their cars. Um, it's just not something that we've really, you know, really been able to, to, to cater to a whole lot. Um, I do a lot now with guys that are building like STL, SCCA motors. Um, you know, like, like with your program, you know, I've, I've done a lot that I can supply for the K20Z3 stuff and the transmission stuff. So, um, there's definitely, you know, more we could do there. It's just not necessarily something that's, uh, our bread and butter per se. Yeah. Um, the, I, I think it's because most of the road race classes are very stock engine oriented. Now you said you're getting into the STL stuff. That's where, you know, they're flat grinding some cams and, putting in pistons and things like that where the the group i race with maybe they're doing valve springs yeah you know valve springs and retainers but we've found that if we leave the engine alone and we just run it like it came from the jdm importer that they last a really long time and so we've most of us to include me. I mean, I, I did put valve springs in my, in my B18 C5. Um, but that was it, you know, fresh yeah. oil pump valve springs. I didn't even remove the head to do the valve springs. So, you know, I, I didn't even need ARP studs or anything. Um, so we try to keep it as simple as possible. And I think some of the headway that you won't make in the HPD world is that a lot of us preach, just leave it alone until you figure out what class you're in. Well, then I think some of, 
Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you're you're definitely right about that. You know, it's like I I always find it kind of odd where these you know company like Honda spilled, spends millions and billions of dollars to engineer these motors. And we think we're going to take them apart and make them better. It's like, sometimes you just got to leave this stuff alone and just use it. Well, there's areas for improvement, but the, the cost per improvement is low usually, or not the cost. The cost is high and the improvement level is low. Um, say for my motor, you know, I want to, I want to flatten my curve and I want to make that flat curve longer. Well, I've got to do a couple of things, but the cost is probably prohibitive for picking up, say, 600 RPM of flat Mm -hmm. power. Um, Is it worth it? Probably not. So I'll probably leave it alone and not wrestle with the engine. But for the HPD guys, they're going to end up picking a class, whatever that ends up being, whether they're still on a Honda or whether they go to... God forbid a BMW or Miata or, I mean, I've seen you, you, you dabbled in, uh, some Porsche endurance racing, right? So, you know, they're going to pick a class and then they're going to figure out what to do then. But I feel like, uh, the engine building stuff, maybe the guys I race with were, we're fine with that. We'll pop our heads. We'll do oil pumps and things like that. But not everyone is comfortable really building their motors. And I think the for at least for road racing. So I think they would prefer a shop to do it. Yeah, for sure. So are you, uh, well, you do, you have a collection of Hondas and you seem to always be posting and collecting more, but, um, are you still going to run your type R in STL? So the, the type R is basically a, a long-term ownership car of mine. It's the car I've always wanted to build, you know, since I got into this stuff and I'm lucky enough to be in a position to do it now. Um, originally it was built for STL. Um, it, it, it will, I keep on tinkering with it. So it will fall into whatever class it falls into when I want to go racing. I don't have any, particular plans to run a particular series or particular points championship with it right now. Um, it's just kind of whenever it's together and there's a race around that I want to go run, whatever class it falls into for that event, that's what I'll go run. Um, I ran yeah. Sebring this past November with it and the way it's set up right now, it's an STU car. So is it super competitive in STU? No, not necessarily, but I actually went out on Sunday and won the, the Sunday sprint race. And it was just a war of attrition. I was able to kind of make it through when some of the, the, the quicker guys ahead of me couldn't. So um, that's yeah. kind of my philosophy with that car is I'm just kind of building it for myself. I'm building it the way that I've always wanted to build it. You know, I'm not going to be, you know, handcuffed by a rule set, you know, when it's time to go race it somewhere, I'll race it in whatever class it happens to fall into. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm a Honda challenge guy for life. So I, I don't know if I could operate that way. <laughs> um, so I, I'm I've very, been trying well, to race Honda challenge for 20 years. And when I finally broke into it, I wasn't going to quit. So I'm very open-minded when it comes to this racing stuff. You know, I've, we, we've chased the points, we've chased the trophies. And at this, you know, I don't have a whole lot of time to commit to it with family obligations and running this business right now. So, you know, if I can get to the track six weekends a year, I'm pretty happy. And that six weekends is going to be a combination of running my own car, 
you know, running a streetcar in HPDE or, or doing rental seats. Um, you know, I'd, I'd actually just, uh, just set up a rental seat for champ car at Daytona on April 1st in a Miata. Like I'm super excited to go do it. It's running with a good team and, you know, it's going to be fun to drive. So, um, I'm just, you know, I'm just taking the opportunities as they come. Yeah. I mean, if, if you can take opportunities when they come, you can't ask for much more than that. Some of us want to run our own program and make opportunities happen, but in your line of business, running your own business, you know, you, if you're in a position to go do it, go do it. And if not, you know, you still have to keep the money flowing. Right. So like we all do, but your job's not Monday through Friday, nine to five. So (laughs) it's a little different. I I, I try to Um, be protective of my time, but I understand that's just not reality sometimes when you're running your own business. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it's a challenge. And I think people who send in the sponsorship requests need to understand that. So if you send something into somebody and it's big corporate America, it goes into, I don't want to say a black hole, but they probably get a lot more um, requests than you do. Now they have more staffing Mm -hmm. than you do, but you're going to get, I think the ratio is equal, right? So if they have 50 people answering emails about sponsorships and partnerships, and you're the only one making the decision at IPG, then the workload to answer those is about the same. I think I'm, it's a uh, guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think so. You know, it's uh, you know, when, when you're contacting small businesses, it just becomes more streamlined because there's only so many hands it's going to go through to the decision maker has it on his desk. Right. But you're, you're making a decision. Generally speaking, you're probably making the decision and it's very personal where corporate America has set up a rigid program, you know, and they say, well, if they fit into these guidelines, they get this or they get that. Um, at least that's my experience so far. Um, fortunately for me, I didn't have to do much. Um, you put out a, on Instagram, I believe an open call that said, Hey, if you want um, to be partners or sponsors. I don't remember the language. Mm-hmm. Um, send us a package. And I did. So yeah. I believe being advantageous and, and especially if you, you put it out there that you were looking. Okay. That's different than cold calling, cold emailing somebody. Yeah. But when you look at that type of, proposal um what what should people try to do when they put in a proposal in your opinion because your business size is different than others i think you should be very prepared with with answers to the questions you're going to get immediately offhand and don't just send a one-liner don't just send one picture really send something worthwhile that's going to kind of give you know whoever you're approaching an overview of what you're trying to do uh, you know, one of the biggest, this is, you know, the double-edged sword of this is I get lots of one-line DMs on Instagram. Hey, you know, I'm building this car. I have, you know, X amount of followers and, you know, but you want to sponsor me. And then it's a picture of a car on jack stands with no engine in it. And the engine, you know, 
scattered across the garage. And there's not a whole lot I can do with that. Um, what you're going to find a lot of us that are looking to help anybody that's out there that's active is we're looking to have cars. We, we, you know, we're looking to have somebody that actually already has the program put together. We're looking to see somebody that actually is already at the track running. We're looking to see somebody that actually already has a proven kind of track record of doing what they say they're going to do. Um, so with that in mind, you know, you kind of got to, you know, you kind of got to go through the whole effort of building the car, going to the track and racing on your own uh, in a lot of cases before you really are going to get a lot of help from, from, from a lot of companies out there. And that's just the, the unfortunate nature of the beast is, you know, not, not a lot of us are going to take a gamble on, on, on hopes and dreams. Um, so when you kind of do get to that point, you know, it's, Spend the time to get good pictures of your car. You know, spend the time to, you know, pay a photographer at the track. Get really good images of your car. Put together a really solid program of, you know, what what you're planning on doing this season. And most importantly, you've really got to pitch and really got to help the company understand how you're going to help them create more sales. That's a, that that's that's the answer at the end of the day. How are you going to help create more sales? You know. That's what there's, there's a saying, you know, likes don't pay the bills. I don't really care how many likes you're getting on your pictures. You know, I don't really care how many thumbs up, you know, we're, we're getting on, you know, on, on whatever you're putting out there. I want you to kind of give me an idea of how you're going to lead other potential customers, you know, to, to my doorstep. So that's that, that's the biggest thing that you kind of need to really troubleshoot yourself and really kind of help the the company you're approaching understand. Right. So I, I still have the package that I sent you and I've retailered it and sent it to let's say larger companies Mm -hmm. and it, and it falls on deaf ears. So can you sort of describe, I don't, I don't want you to get into financials because I think that's absolutely terrible, but where would you place yourself in the aftermarket arena? Do you have peers or um, I, I know you, you sell parts for ARP, you sell parts for super tech. Um, and I don't understand all that stuff, but where, how big are you as a corporation or as a company? I mean, so people we, have like, we, you a know, baseline. I've been doing, yeah, I mean, I've been doing this for 17 years. You know, I've we've supported lots of employees. We've supported families. You know, we've 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 done well enough with this where we can kind of, you know, pick and choose our battles, and 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 we're in a spot where we're relatively comfortable. Um, you know, that's like I said before, though, it's like that. It's easy to approach a company like mine because there's very limited amount of people here that you know you can talk to. Um, so your proposal, your information is going to kind of get directly to who it needs to be seen by from the get go. So those larger corporations, there's just, there's, there's more layers to it, you know, and it's, it, from, from what I know about this and, you know, I've, 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 I've run programs that have, you know, have had title sponsors on cars and whatnot. And, um, a lot of those deals are just, it's still kind of who, you know, and, and, and how the, you know, how the handshake happens and, and how the conversation happens and what business relationships already existed. Yeah. I, it, that's really important. Um, the relationships that you build in the paddock, when you go to PRI, if you go or SEMA or wherever, those are the important ones. 
I believe they're more important than cold calls and emails and even I've even physically mailed stuff to folks. And you said some things earlier about it doesn't matter the number of thumbs up. It doesn't matter the number of followers. And I think that's where you're different than the big corporate guys. Because I think the big corporate guys just have an algorithm. There's mm-hmm. uh, like Driven, the oil company. They have an algorithm. If you have enough social media presence, you'll get more than 10% off. If you mm-hmm. don't, the basic you apply and they basically validate that you exist as a human being 10%, right? And and yeah. I th- that's just an example. The Mishimoto has a program that's it's advertised all over the place just apply. So you apply to it, you hit a certain threshold, you get more off, right? Um I think that's the corporate structure, but to me there's no support behind it. And that's not as important to me as my partnership with you. Now, I can tell you right now, I don't know how I produce more sales for you. Outside of you saved Christopher Michael's butt a couple years ago at Daytona when he needed a clutch (laughs) and all this other stuff done. But um, yeah, honestly, I, I just try, you know, I'm, I'm going to, promote you as much as I can. I'm going to be as appreciative as I can of the support, but I couldn't give you tangible numbers. I couldn't tell you by me doing X, Y, Z or running the car that you're going to get extra sales in this much. So I, I think there's still a relationship, a tangibility, a way you present yourself. And like you said, you want good pictures I pay for pictures every event. You know, if you ever That's, need pictures, just ask. I can send you yeah. hundreds because I pay for them every event. You know, that's one. That's and one I, of the easiest ways to get your foot in anybody's door is bring them as much valuable content that they can use as possible. Because that's ultimately what everybody's looking for nowadays: is what sort of Instagram or Facebook or video content. What's what's new and fresh and different that I can put out there. Um, you know, it's, it's all the creative side of things. That's, that's where it's at. Um, getting back to your point about, you know, you kind of not understanding how the sales, you know, are funneled in the IPG. Well, first of all, none of these sponsorships, nobody can pinpoint how the sales were ever driven anywhere. Anyway, you know, it's all, it's all, you know, just on good faith and, 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 you know, gut feeling as far as where you think the sales are coming from and how they're being created. Um, I, I absolutely talk with people in your region um, that are racing. Um, you know, it's, we, we've always had, uh, always had a decent um, kind of foothold on some of the guys up in your area. So tracking that stuff, it's the million dollar question, you know, all, all these companies, nobody can really track that stuff. You know, it's, it's just a matter of kind of being consistent with the message and consistent with the, the, the images and consistent with, you know, with, with, with the logo stuff, just trying to keep in the, in the back of everybody's mind as, as a just in case, you know, they, they, somebody needs to get a hold of you. Yeah. And so this is where I come up with, and, and I think it's in our email because I, I email you at the end of every season. I tell you what's been going on, what my plans are. 
and I ask, you know, do you want to continue for the next season, essentially? Um, and I think that's important just to make sure that we're always communicating because, you know, there's dry spells where I don't actually need parts and they're just, you know, me posting online the results and things like that. But I changed it to partnership instead of sponsorship because I'm realizing more and more that I want to bring more and more to the table for the folks who are supporting me. Um, I think that's important for people to realize that maybe in big corporate America, you're okay with the 10% off sponsorship or whatever, but ours is what I would hope for is more of a partnership. Yes. I, I get my program gets discounts and things like that. But at the same time, we try to be resources for each other. You ask me questions. I ask you questions. I mean, I don't, we probably have four or five emails going over just my mm -hmm. gearbox. Cause I'm on what my second yep. final drive that I ordered, you know, yep. it's that type of relationship. It's that type of communication that I believe helps support you as a racer and then helps support your business. So, well, me as a racer in your business is trying to keep those lines of communication open. If you ever had a question from a customer that you thought I would know, I'd be happy to answer it. Those type of yep. things. If somebody is wants to know why an eighth gen civic doesn't turn, send them to me, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> um, yeah. but well, that's what he's, that's what these manufacturers have been doing for years is they use racing to kind of develop and, show the strengths and weaknesses of their product. Um, same thing in the aftermarket, same thing in the performance aftermarket is, is all these manufacturers, everybody out there relies on, you know, guys like you who are at the track running, you know, seven, eight times a year, really putting these parts through their paces and really running them hard to find the weak links. Um, I, we, we gain a lot of valuable knowledge from you out there running these parts, figuring out what works, what doesn't work, you know, and that in turn directly gives me good, recommendations that I can offer the next customer. So that's, I mean, that, that, that's part of the partnership that goes back and forth. And that's, that's really the long-term deal of it. And, and, and how we can always benefit from each other is, is, is that is the learning and being able to pass that information on to the next customer or onto the next racer. Yeah. I think my biggest struggle, at least in the old car was keeping distributors in it. <laughs> and, uh, I think I went the M&W Pro route. I actually know. I, I don't think. I know I went the M&W Pro route. You had a package, all packaged up. It was nice. You know, you can buy the, the harness. That's basically uh, find a ground, find a hot wire, plug mm -hmm. all everything in. It's good to go. But then I saw your car and how you went about it. Now, thank goodness I'm not allowed to have crank fire sensors or any of that yeah. stuff. Because I was like, man, that is a beautiful setup. Yep. And the more I researched, I was like, I really wish I could run this. But it's it's good to know you're running a different setup than I did. You were testing a different setup. Yeah. I'm I'm sure it still works because you. I'm pretty sure you're still on it. But well, that's uh, that that we started running that setup in approximately 2003 when we were drag racing. Like that's, you know, it's a coil on plug, you know, back in the day we were running CBR coils. So we had to have the MNW box to control the coils. But nowadays with right. you know, K series coils and, and Motex, man, the sky's the limit. 
Yeah. Yeah. And just in case you want to know the, that my C5 and M&W Pro went to some kid who does chump, no, champ car racing. And he oh, put, wow. he put, he did two 24 hour races and an 18 hour on that engine and M&W Pro in like in six weeks. That's just awesome. Back to back to back. And it yep. just keeps going. So good old Honda internals, you know, yeah, seal, oh. seal to the factory bottom in. Can't go wrong. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So when we sort of touched on this, but, um, what you're not looking for big social media and forum presence. Are you, are you, what are you really looking for? Uh, You know, it's at the end of the day, the driving factor for, for, for anybody we work with is, is content generation. Um, you know, and and stuff we can use to put out on Instagram, stuff we can use to put on on Facebook. You know, that's that that's where all the eyeballs are nowadays. Um, you know, back in the day, it was Honda Tech. You know, be a Honda Tech sponsor, go on there and talk a lot. You know, it's uh, you know, but nowadays it's all you know, it, Instagram, social media, TikTok based. So that's that's always the goal is to get as much social, you know, new new social media content as possible. Um, but the the you know, we're, we're looking for, we're looking for people that have engagement. We're looking for people that actually have like real comments and real conversations going on. Um, I'd rather have somebody has, you know, 50 real followers with real conversations than some guy that's got a thousand, you know, you know, a thousand followers, you know, just throw them some likes here and there. So it's really, it's really the conversation, you know, create the content to create yeah. the conversation. Once we have the conversation, we can, you know, maybe not make a sale right now, but maybe six months now we'll make a sale with the guy. So that's 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 yeah. the main path forward. I'm probably ten years too late. I have a sticky on the on Honda Tech with over eighty thousand views, but yeah, you know, I just posted that a couple of years ago. So <laughs> there was a there, there there were a lot of businesses, a lot of small cottage businesses, a lot of people, you know, develop their career based off of Honda Tech forms. You know, and it's, it works. I mean, not, not now it's just the, the market's changed, you know, it's different. Um, but that's, you just got to adapt with what's, what's going on now. So I have a sort of a, it's on topic, but not any of the notes or things that we've talked about earlier, but have you seen this new social media crowdfunding website called open fender? I have not. No. Okay. So, it's essentially, from what I can tell, you put your package together and you put it up there and it's basically a GoFundMe for mm. racers. I'm not sure how well it's going to work. Most of the folks I see when I peruse it just to see what's who's out there doing things are mostly yeah. the carding guys. But okay. I just thought it was interesting that racers are going to get their own crowd funding platform but. yeah but i uh, i have some opinions on crowdfunding but <laughs> it's uh yeah, know, let's, that's for let's hear it time. <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean when it, when it comes uh, listen the, us racing cars is not life and death us racing cars is something that we do for fun very few of us are out here making money racing cars so to think that you're going to go out there and try to you know crowdfund you know to, to have help somebody else pay for your racing is you know it's kind of 
it's kind of odd to me. That's, you know, I've, I've, I've come across that. I've, I've come across people trying to, you know, crowdfund money to, 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 to go to this event or go to that event. And listen, we're, this is a hobby, you know, this is something we do because yeah. we enjoy it. This is first world America problems. So, you know, I've, I, I have a, I have a weird taste in my mouth about people trying to crowdfund, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I do too, but I can't say that I'm not, I'm, I'm guilty. Last year we tried to put together a last minute package proposal for folks to maybe help send two of our fastest drivers to nationals. Um, Mm -hmm. that didn't work out. There wasn't even, we couldn't even get, um, it was a, car count limited nationals so we didn't if we didn't sign up on the first day we weren't getting in anyway so that was pretty much useless but um yeah i i I sort of agree you know we're not we none of us are hurting for money because we're using a significant amount of expendable income to do what we do to have fun you know and just to keep asking literally for money on that website it seemed really weird to me yeah um but that sort of begs the the question what should people expect when they ask for a sponsorship or partnership or whatever they're asking for i mean i'm assuming they're going to spell out what they want but help us understand what to actually expect. Yeah, I I would go into it with some idea of what you want out of the company that you're approaching. Um, You know, whether it be a manufacturer of fluids or manufacturer of product, or in my case, like I'm, I'm a reseller of other companies' products. So, um, so a lot of the times you're going to, you know, be approaching that company because you're looking to get certain products that you need for your car to begin with. Um, most it's going to be easiest for most of these companies to give you products or give you some sort of discount on products. That's going to be the easiest way for to, to get a yes out of most of these companies. Um, I've got people I work with that, you know, I've paid race entry fees for, I've got, you know, some drag racers that, you know, I've, I've kind of given a, a, a monthly, you know, cash allowance that they can put towards parts, you know, that, you know, it's really kind of dependent case by case basis, but I would absolutely have an idea of what, you want from that company because they're going to ask you, you know, if you don't have an answer, they're going to feel like you're not prepared. So, um, you know, a, a, a driven, for instance, a fluid based company, you know, shoot for the moon. Be like, listen, man, I'm, I'm going to go through about eight oil changes this year. I need, you know, I'm going to go through about six transmission fluid changes this year. I'm like, I want X amount. Worst they're going to say is no, you know, as long as, if you can strike up the conversation, and get it going, at least you can get a little back and forth going. Um, uh, you know, a company like mine is like, for me, it's easy. It's, my easiest way to help any racer out is discounts on parts. Just flat out is it's going to most likely it's going to be stuff that you're buying already. Um, like I said, in, there, there are situations when, you know, there's some big races coming around where I've, you know, I've bought tech cards and, you know, I've helped people, you know, just cash payouts for entry fees. Um, you know, cash is hard to come by. You know, most companies aren't going to want to part with their cash to, to help you go racing, but the product side of things, the discount side of things, that's definitely something you can pursue. Um, I haven't got into this much. I see it working with other companies, but you know, e- even some of these companies are giving these drivers and these teams discount codes where, oh, go to so-and-so's website, use my discount code, you know, so 
whatever retail customer out there is getting a discount on the product. And at the same time, then the driver will get a kickback, a portion of the sales. You know, it's probably not a bad idea. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult. Uh, it's difficult to say how much, you know, how much money any of those people are earning doing that stuff. But, you know, again, not, not a bad idea, you know, not a, not a bad way to think about how to do this. So really it's kind of a matter of putting pen to paper and saying, you know, what can, what can this company offer me that I think would help me race for the next 12 months? Right. Yeah. I, I was listening to Lizard Brains, it's DJ and Tom O'Gorman's podcast, mm-hmm. and they were, they sort of covered this too a little while ago. And even someone as popular as Tom O'Gorman, um, someone who's as accomplished as he is, he even was saying, never expect cash. Yeah. Because it's almost impossible, you know? Yeah. Now, especially in our arena, and and I want to go back to we're that five percent of your sales, so yeah. the cash part from there is very low, you know. Whereas I'm sure you were more apt to pay entry fees for a drag racer than you were for a road racer, just because of the portion of sales, that kind of thing. So everybody has to. We everybody has to keep everything in perspective, and I think they really have to try hard to put a concise package together anytime they approach anyone. So, being prepared, being prepared ahead of time goes a long way. Um, It gives you a much more professional looking image. The company you're approaching thinks you're actually taking this seriously, and not just you know sitting on Instagram at eleven o'clock at night firing off these you know want to sponsor me messages. Um, we live in a, we live in a wonderful time where we all carry a supercomputer in our pocket. The sky's the limit. If you want to put the effort and the time in to do it, the opportunities are there, but you got to put the time and the effort in to do it. You know, and I, th- and I think that's where a lot of this falls short is I could write somebody a roadmap right now. What I would do to put together to starting right now, what I would do to put together a program for 2024, where I think I could probably bring in a decent amount of help to run that program probably 95% of it would quit doing the program by April. You know, it's like these people are short, short term memory. So you've really yeah. got to be consistent with it. You really got to think long term. Um, and you, you know, you, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I listened to the race program podcast you did and it's, it's, it's the same thing. It's like, have your checklist, have your, this is what I'm going to do on Tuesday. This is what I'm going to do, you know, next week with the idea of helping that partner, helping that sponsor, helping, you know, that company see why you're of value to them. Yeah, it's it's pretty important um, to bring value. It, it, it's of the utmost important to bring value, but to even crack into the market and to even get the ball rolling for a discount, you have to put in more work than most people are willing to do growing your social media presence isn't easy um it's not easy learning and it takes time and commitment and most people aren't willing to really stick it out they give it a good four-week run they're like ah this is too much work i'm gonna move on no but you were right in that you need to go okay well i know somebody who's doing this okay um 
he was a rookie last year. He's doing really well, uh, getting his program together. His he's working on a challenging vehicle, not because the platform is challenging, just his particular vehicle is a little challenging. But he still works hard to make the right kind of content that I think would help somebody. Now, will he get the right type of finishes to get the right kind of publicity? Who knows? But he's 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 working at it. He's working every day. And the race program part, that, that episode didn't really discuss this part of it. Mm-hmm. The working to formalize your program to reach partners and sponsors. That's, that's sort of advanced level as far as I'm concerned, where you're so organized, rigid with your time. You're, you know, I'm going to have a product that comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays or whenever to, to grow my brand, my personal brand to make that brand worth something to a partner or sponsor. And there, there's a, there's a lot in that, that if you're not mastering the basics of your regular race program, you're never going to be able to do that. And then you're never going to stick with it. Even if you try, like you said, four weeks, four weeks is a long time. Yeah. It's a really long time. I started this podcast in, I started recording the end of November, just after Thanksgiving and it takes work, you know, this part of, this is part of my race program because I want to learn. I'm learning every interview I have. I learn and I hope everybody else is learning, you know, but I have to put in the time to have these conversations to have to, I have to, you know, approach people and say, Hey, would you like to be on it? And then, you know, everybody's got busy schedules, so it's hard to get things lined up, but we line things up and we have the right kind of conversations and I learn, and then I make adjustments and then I need to tweak things, but it's really, it's all work. You know, this is a different type of social media. The, the, I don't TikTok. You don't want to see me dance. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, Steve Brown, he's the one that's, that's working really hard on his social media presence. He, he hit me up and he was like, man, I really think you need to start doing shorts and reels on Instagram and Facebook because they get crazy amounts of exposure that just happened to line up when you guys were doing a lot more shorts and reels on Instagram. And it was coming up all the time for me and they're actually good. You know, you guys do a really good production on yours. He does really good production on his and I probably won't produce any until I can legitimately put in a good production. So you have to learn that stuff and you have to know when is the right time to post, what time of day, what day of the week. You'll learn all these things, but you have to try and you really have yeah. to put in the effort. You can't just say, you know, I, I did it or you can't pay for likes kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's it, a it's, lot of this stuff is going towards video now. You know, the, the, the video side of things is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's I understand it's it's tough to figure out how to make the videos in a garage setting or in a race setting. You know, it's like it doesn't you in car video. You know, it's like the classic in car videos of you on the racetrack to anybody else doesn't look like anything special. It's just, you know, we, we know what it's like because we're in the car, you know, so um, it, it's tough to figure out that 
that that hook and figure out what what what's going to draw that audience in or what 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 are you able to teach with that video um but that's kind of where all this stuff has been going and is continuing to go is is and people that can master the video side of things are, are going to have a leg up yeah the that's that's the future i think i mean it's currently the present but it's just going to keep steamrolling that way um i may refuse to forever keep this podcast audio only i don't understand why the podcast would need to be on youtube also nobody wants to see me talking to a microphone i mean uh but overall what you do to your vehicle how you're how you show what you're doing at the track even if it's the social side right if you're having a couple beers you know show that part you know you're human too you're not just a robot race car driver so you want to be you want to be real and you want to be genuine but you want to be organized and prepared and you want to have things concise because you don't want to read a 10 page proposal. I mean, I would assume you don't want to read a 10 page page. No, anyway. Nobody does. I wouldn't. Nobody right. has that much, that, that enough time to do something like this. You know, it's not, it's, it's not in our best interest to spend 10 minutes reading, a, you know, reading a proposal. Right. So it needs to be well laid out. It needs to be visual. It needs to be concise with not only what you think you can provide, but what you think you need. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that need to go into this and you may have to revise that proposal package, whatever it is, hundreds of times before you get a hit. And, and I think people need to realize that, and it may not even be your proposal. That's the problem. It could be the economics of the time, the company, um, they just don't see any benefit in road racing in general, which is, I think it's something hopefully with the whole IMSA, this last Daytona 24 hours was, you know, the best attended and had a full field and all that stuff. Maybe it helps us in the long run as a grassroots racing organization. All of us basically race at grassroots level. So maybe that will help us get more visibility with some of other folks that just don't think road racing gives us a, or gives them enough money, um, or enough customer base to, to warrant it. But there, there's a, there's a lot of dynamics going on and I yeah, feel, I mean, well, I feel like people, they need to be persistent. You know, it's this side of this side of your race program is the same you need to have the same tenacity, um, the same persistence that you do when you're like, all right, my car's broken. I have an hour to fix it before the race. I'm going to set myself up for success. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to get cleaned up. I'm going to jump in my suit and I'm going to go out there and show them what I got. Right. Or, you know, even when you're at home, okay, now we take all the data from, from our race program from the weekend. We look at all the data and we go, okay, I'm going to make a plan and I'm going to make these changes, right? That same type of tenacity, I think you need to keep going. You can be rejected a million times, but once you land the one good 
sponsorship or partnership, I think it it's very impactful and you'll know it when it happens. So um, that's you know, just how I feel. It's, it's effort. It's effort. I mean, we just, we just generated a, a fantastic idea for anybody who wants to set themselves apart from everybody else. And in, in talking about, you know, the videos and, and things like reels and whatnot, start brainstorming ideas for reels to help promote whatever company is you're going to target. You know, don't send me a one, don't send me a one sentence Instagram DM asking for sponsorship, create three reels featuring my brand and put it out there and then contact me, you know, a month from now, like, Hey James, like, you know, just want to kind of touch base and see what's going on. And, you know, do that for anybody you want to do. You know, you got to be creative. You got to think outside the box. You know, there's, there's plenty of opportunity. You you just got to do it. That's the thing. It's like figuring out the ideas and, and, and putting the time in. That's the hard part. You know, but uh, if if you can brainstorm it and, and and handle the creative side, you know, just just start creating reels, trying to feature whatever product or whatever company it is that that, that you want to target to to be involved with your program. That's a, that's a fabulous start. It's, it's yeah, it'll you in the door. You you had a, I think it was a post about this. I don't know if you actually had a reel about it, but you said, hey, if you buy from me, and you're happy with what you got and how fast you got it and things like that, post about it, build that relationship before you start basically DMing me, asking me for stuff. And I think that's important. Um, most of us are males that are doing this, but it's essentially the pickup line, right? Like we need to, to break the ice with you. So, or any of the manufacturers or other businesses that are out there that you want, to partner with, you probably should highlight some of their products and review them or it something, do something like, especially the reels because they're hot right now. Do a reel about, Hey, I got this, you know, it installs easy. I got it from so-and-so, you know, and then build that rapport. Cause you're going to see it if they tag you in it you're there, you're going to end up seeing it. Right. So you'll see it and you'll go, okay. And then you're on you as the racer become on the brand or on the company's radar. And then it's easier to talk. And I think that's where I've, I would say 99.9% of the people miss because they're all cold calling. Yeah. I would assume you're good. I don't even want to know what the DMs look like for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, IPG, you know, it's, it's on Instagram. It, it, breaking the ice is the hard part. You know, it's like you, you put a little bit of e- short term effort in, you know, can can generally, you know, get you a lot of long term gain if you're just consistent with it and and sincere about it and and you know, really, r- really after both of our interests. You know, if, if you're after IPG parts interest and, and your own personal racing interest and you figure out how to morph it together. And you show me continually how this is going to work. I'm in. Like you know, if anybody that approaches me with a solid plan of being and, and is consistent with it, and already has a track record of of being at the track and really giving it their their all, I'm not going to say no to. You know, it's 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 a win win for both of us at that point. Yeah, yeah. I'll be the first to apologize this off season because I literally have nothing to do to my car. I mean, I'm changing the final drive, but for the first off season ever, I've don't have much to do. And it's I mean, kind of a relief. 
yes, it's always the goal, but it's it makes content for you guys really hard. So I apologize on that. Um, do you have any um, other ways to folks can improve their packages or set themselves apart? Um, you know, but uh, here's here's one because I. I was warned about it when I started racing that, oh, if you get a sponsor, they may want something from you. So I don't know. And, and to be honest, I, I almost every time there I'm close to MIR. So every time you guys were coming up to run at MIR for the import stuff, Mm -hmm. I was going to bring my car, but every time was broken. But I, I don't know. Do, should people expect that type of, tit for tat coming from a company what, like, you know, what, what hey you, can i get your car you at sema or p so, oh, so like, would you yeah i need your car in my booth kind of thing um do you think that, i've had cars that, in booths at pri locally when i was in uh-huh. orlando and as ease of use no problem at all but generally that's negotiable like and okay. a lot of people you want your car in pri's booth and generally that manufacturer will help you get it there if they care enough about it. You know, it's, I've, right. I've got friends that have, have had, you know, vehicles at PRI boost in Indianapolis and, and the manufacturers that are involved with it, want it there enough and understand the value of it enough that, that they're going to help it, help you get there somehow. So it's that, 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 that's the going both ways thing about this stuff is, is, you know, on the, on the racer side of things, like you need to understand that, your goal is to generate sales. However that happens, your ultimate goal is to generate sales for that company, whether it be through attention, whether it be through, you know, referrals, wh- whatever that may be. So um, the idea of any company wanting to work with you and have your car in the booth, one, you know, t- take that as a point of pride because you actually built something and did something worthwhile. Um, so, right. so do what you can, do what you can to make it happen because once your car is there, you don't know what other conversations are going to strike up as well. You know, if it's if if you're good enough to be in whatever booth it may be in, you're gonna you're gonna have a way easier in to anybody else you want to talk to. Right. So, I mean, right. There's there's local Honda dealerships that that you know for that's I mean it, this is a great idea. I haven't done it yet. This is another great idea for somebody. If you actually have a car that's presentable and nice and like well put together, um, call your local Honda and Acura dealerships. You know, th- th- assuming you're racing a Honda Acura, if it's a Nissan, call Nissan, but. And be like, hey, you know, it's are you interested in having my car up at your, you know, in your warehouse, you know, in, in your showroom on Saturday and Sunday of this weekend? They may say yes, they may say no. It's worth the phone call. If you can get that car there, that just opens up another opportunity where, okay, well, now I can maybe work with this this dealership, you know, for, for OEM parts if you're not already working with them for your OEM parts. So right. there's there's loads of ideas out there. Paging Ryan Bradfield. I don't know if you've seen his build, but it's wild. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> That's, I mean, he, you know, he, there's. He's always been meticulous, so it's going to come yeah. out. And when it's done, it's going to be amazing. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my wife still goes, Why isn't your car as clean as Ryan's? I'm like, I'm, Because I have to pull the engine and transmission. I'm not washing it right now. No, no, no. The inside. <laughs> like, yeah, he does a great job. Yeah, race cars, car, so. race cars get get beat up pretty fast when you're actually racing them. That's the it's it, it, it's it's they're they're awesome when they're brand new, but man, they uh they can take a beating pretty fast. 
Ryan's Type R was so clean. I, I swear he was painting the floor in between <laughs> races. It was so clean all the time. So, and he's not one to to halfway fix something. So, he, yeah, I think he'd be that would be a good thing for him to try locally to him. So, yep. Yeah, there's there's All loads right. of opportunities. You know, it's just like the sky's the limit. Like I said, it's like you just gotta you just gotta put the effort in. Be creative. You know, think different. Good images, good video, good content. You know, don't be afraid to pick up the phone. You know, don't send an email. Pick up the phone and then send an email. You know, after you've kind of talking, right. after you've had a conversation with somebody. Right. Um, one of the other things I I want to know from you is. Uh, do you care if people post, say, political things on their social media and car things? Uh, personally, I don't really care. I mean, I you know, yeah. there's everybody's got different viewpoints in this world, and if you can't accept that, then in general, whoever's going to argue about that's not really somebody that's going to be a customer of mine, anyways. You know, if you're not open minded enough to kind of understand that the world has different ideas, so yeah, I just I just caution folks from maybe presenting the wrong image or being combative. You can, I don't, I think you can yeah, present like your, it. you can present your, your side or your belief, but being combative, I think getting your, your two or three day ban on Facebook is probably not a good idea. Yeah. Be, being argumentative is not a very good look for anybody. Um, you know, the, the internet's a funny place and, and, you know, it's pe- people that like to argue on the internet generally are, are uh, not not uh, not somebody I really want to pursue too much, you know. Not somebody I want to be associated right. with too much. But you know, being you know be, being uh, respectfully opinionated, nobody's ever going to say you know anything bad about that. Everybody's got their own their own ideas. Yeah. No, I I agree. I just yeah, I think some people step in it too deep and then wonder why they're not getting any traction. So. There's, there's something that, there's the something wise. I tell my children. I have two teenage daughters and I make sure that they understand that anything they post, anything they type, any comment they make, any image, any video, it is out there forever. Yes. You may delete it, forever. but it's absolutely been screenshotted. Everybody's got access to it. It still exists. So be very conscious of what you really put out there. Um, like this, you said, you know, everybody- this, this goes for everything. I don't care if it's race car sponsorship or anything, but if you put it out there, it's out there forever. Yes. Like you said we got a supercomputer in our pocket and the iPhones, yep. you know, you just press two buttons at the same time and there it is forever, Yep. you know, forever. And then they, they post it or send it to somebody else and it's on their phone. And yeah, man, it, it's never gone when you press delete. So it's a, it's a crazy world we live in. Our, 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 our children are, you know, they, they've, they've got way more stuff to navigate than we had to navigate. So, um, Oh, absolutely. But, you know, there's, there's, there's goods and bads with it. You know, it's, it's, it's really easy to kind of get your message out there and it's really easy to build businesses based on, with all this technology, but you know, there's also, you know, a little bit of downside. Yeah. It could be a lot of downside. So, always be aware. Um, do you have any other tips or any other maybe bullet points on your side you wanted to cover talking about sponsorships? I mean, not, not in particular, you know, I just, I, I just really want to stress the idea of, you know, making sure you have a complete, you know, idea of what you're after 
together before you kind of approach people. Um, and that's that, that that's that's a disappointing thing when I tell a lot of people that when you know when they're asking, look at trying to get a set of pistons or something, and then I'm like, well, I'm like if the car is up and running, you know, and you've been to three events this year, we'd have a pretty good conversation about what you're after, you know, like, but I I need the piston, you know, that their response is I need the pistons to be able to do that. I'm like, and that's you know, it's that's a difficult part of this, but you know, again, this is this is running race cars for a hobby. This is first world problems. So um, yeah you know, you've got to, you got to put the effort, you got to put your own effort and your own time in to get out there and get it done, put a presentable product out there. Um, you know, have, have, have a, have good engagement on, on whatever it is you, you are doing or have great results at the racetrack time and time again. You know, that's, that, that, that's the biggest thing I can stress is, is, is I'm really have something, really have something you can present before you have hardly present, you know, anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's really important. Um, you essentially you're not going to take a blank canvas car and say, "Hey, I need to get sponsored to get this thing built," unless you have built many other cars or have a a known track record, right? So, for example, we worked together with my EM1 when my EM1 died. You know, I asked you, did you want to partner with the new car? And you said, yes, but I had a track record, right? There was no, it helped. We work together also, but you, you're going to basically have to pay for this the first time around. Absolutely. You know, you're not, I don't think people understand that they're not going to go buy the new project car when they've not completed the last eight with any recognition or completed them at all for that matter, but they're going to pick up a new project car going to go, I'm going to go set the world's fastest front wheel drive drag record, even though they've never drag raced before. And I want you to sponsor me. And this is my plan. Maybe they don't even say this is my plan. Um, and, and think they're going to get traction. So yeah, it, it, yeah, the complete package and having a known, quantity being a known quantity is important so well with that i think we have a podcast um i really appreciate your time i know you're busy yeah absolutely it was a good time until next time keep working on yourself keep working on the car and let's get faster